0: Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z, Thursday, August 25th, 2022. I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Hurry, hurry, step right up step on up to the next big government giveaway that's right joe biden announced yesterday he will be quote unquote forgiving ten thousand dollars in student loans and up to twenty thousand for the poor undeserved and i don't mean underserved i mean undeserved people who got pell grants they already got a pell grant they were already given money to go to college and then they borrowed more money so they could party longer now president joe biden thinks he is god granting forgiveness and absolution reuters reports today in an article by kanishka singh u.s student loan forgiveness has borrowers hoping for vacations and maybe medical school americans bearing heavy college debt loads welcomed u.s president joe biden's announcement on wednesday that he would forgive ten thousand student loans for most and 20,000 for some, and some people were sharing hopes that they can work less hours now or perhaps take a vacation or even stay in school a little longer. John Paul, age 49, is a restaurant manager in Washington, D.C. I'm going to repeat that. John Paul is a 49-year-old restaurant manager. He says he took out loans for his son's tuition. Quote. I would not have second thoughts about planning a trip or going on vacation. Earlier, it would be at the back of my mind that we would have this debt hanging over us. But now we are somewhat relieved. He was interviewed shortly after gropey Joe Biden announced he would extend the pandemic-linked pause on student loan repayments till the end of the year and for giving $10,000 in student debt for borrowers whose income falls below $125,000 a year or $250,000 for a married couple. Mr. Paul says this relief will cut his outstanding amount of debt in half. Vincent Joseph, who graduated in 2019 and currently works at a lobbying firm in DC, says he was happy to hear that his remaining $6,500 worth debt will likely be relieved. He said he had to take a job in college to pay his loans. There could be an entire next generation that does not have to work additional jobs or extra hours to repay this debt, he said. Many people work extra jobs. As a result, compromise on spending time with family and friends because they're worried about their debt. Hey, morons, you made a conscious decision to take on that debt, and you made a promise to repay that debt just like i made a promise to pay my house note my car note etc 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 millennials people born between 1982 and the year 2000 have significantly more student debt and lower levels of home ownership and less net worth than the previous generations according to a research article published before the covid 19 pandemic by the government accountability office They also drive much nicer and much newer cars than the generation before them. They also wear nicer clothing and get their hair and nails done all the time, and they get tattoos and gold teeth, and they have really killer computers that the generation before them did not have. Let's use Alexis Horton, age 20, a biology major at Howard University. The announcement said it is a relief because she is planning further studies. She said, as a biology student who want to go to med school, I do rack up a lot of loans at school. So hearing that I could possibly get 20,000 or even $10,000 off do sounds really good. Advocates of the student debt relief giveaway welfare program welcome the step, But they're urging the Biden administration to do more to deal with what they call systemic problems. Kyra Taylor is an attorney with the National Consumer Law Center who focuses on student loans. You know, legal, binding contracts that people take as adults, promising to repay them. She describes this program as life-changing for millions of Americans. The White House says its debt release relief plan could lead to about 20 million borrowers having their debt completely wiped out and 43 million have federal student loan debt, according to educationdata.org. But Ms. Taylor said, adding that the plan do not do enough to help borrow with large ballots, like many black Americans, who experts say black Americans face heavy debt burdens. Why? Because they're black or because they borrowed more money. She told Reuters, the administration should take additional action to address racial inequity that the student loan system have exacerbated. And that means black Americans, especially black women, are burdened by more student loan debt just to access the same opportunities as others. Prove it. You made a statement, now prove it. Why do black women have more burden of student loan debt than black men? Or white women, or white men, or Hispanic women, or Hispanic men, or the 57 other genders you guys claim are out there. The government is forgiving up to $20,000 in debt for people who got Pell grants. Six million students from low-income families that already got grants to go to college. I don't understand. How much more welfare giveaway handout begging money is the Biden administration going to print and hand out in order to pander for votes? And you and I, the hardworking, tax-paying Americans, are the ones footing the bill for this, a program which is, according to the Congressional Budget Office, likely to cost as much as $1.3 trillion. When Jerry Nadler beat his 30-year contemporary to keep a seat in the US House of Representatives, that occurred because more people are leaving New York, especially New York City, than ever before. They're leaving in record numbers. They're leaving in droves. So many have left that it actually cost New York one congressional seat, and that seat was a Democrat. Lee Zeldin is a Republican from New York and he recently addressed the migrant influx to New York City thanks to Governor Greg Abbott Texas and other governors shipping migrants into New York. The joke of the week comes as some people are saying we need to stop sending illegal, trespassing, criminal, law-breaking, invading migrants to New York from Texas and Arizona, New Mexico and other states. Not even all of those, if they were instantly granted a magic wand of legal citizenship, could they replace the massive number of New Yorkers leaving that state. Here's the problem, they can't legally vote. So of course, as with the Democrats and all the other things going on with the Democratic Party, with voter irregularities, outright fraud, all of the things that we know are happening, that they keep denying, later on it comes back to haunt them time and time and time again. There aren't enough busloads of illegals to fill the voids being left by folks leaving New York because of their terrible liberal progressive world politics, their horrendous taxation, fees, and other charges to every aspect of their lives, and not to mention the skyrocketing crime that's happening in most major cities, but especially in places like New York, Chicago, Atlanta, New Orleans, Detroit, Minneapolis, St. Louis, Louisville, etc. Greg Abbott said Eric Adams is all talk when it comes to open borders. Adams talked the talk about being a sanctuary city, but when pressed into fulfilling such ill considered policies, now he wants to condemn anyone who is pressing him to walk the walk. That's right. New York, the state, the city. Oh, we're all about helping anyone. Come on in, Sanctuary City. We've got the Statue of Liberty. Bring us your poor, your weak, your huddled masses, your illegal, trespassing, criminal, law-breaking, disease-carrying immigrants. Bring them on in. But When it comes down to reality, when they start coming in, Eric Adams and the people of New York want nothing at all to do with them. Let's talk about a double standard. Talk about hype, hypocrisy talk about absolute abject joke, and now it's coming back to bite them in the behind, actually. Felony assaults in New York City, by the way, through August 21st of this year, are up 18.8%, and they've got a mayor who used to be the police chief, and they've got a governor who's Democrat, and they've got a president who says he's going to be tough on crime, but yet, 18.8% increase in violent crime felony assaults this year compared to last year, a full year of the Biden administration. Murders are down a little bit in New York. Shooting victims have dropped a little bit in New York, but New York is a gun-free city. Armed robbery, however, is up 39 and a half percent in New York, and that was before Abbott started sending the illegal trespassing criminal invading law-breaking aliens. Burglaries in New York up 32.3% in one year. Transit crimes on the subways and buses up 48.4% in New York, year over year. I thought Biden was tough on crime. I thought Adams was a pro-police, pro-law and order guy running for mayor. Yet again, the Democratic Party has lied to their own constituents. And they've lied to everybody. But it's okay. That's the way it works. Because I like to look at both sides of arguments, I've been looking into articles in a website called The Root. Candace McDuffie writes, Only racists would equate the Capitol riot to the Black Lives Matter protests. Oh, how wrong she is. The Capitol riots resulted in no deaths except for the one unarmed white woman who was gunned down in cold blood by a black Capitol police officer. Oh yeah, a few file cabinets got tipped pieces of paper were scattered around on the floor in a couple of offices. I believe a table lamp was broken. One guy had the audacity to put his feet on nasty Nazi Pelosi's desk. But you can't, you're right, you can't compare the Capitol riot to the Black Lives Matter protests. Before I get into this article, I'll point it out. Break it down for you. The Black Lives Matter protests were a bunch of thug criminal animals out there showing their asses after a guy named George Floyd, a criminal thug animal, an armed robber, a home invader, a man who put a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach and threatened to kill her and her baby, a guy who was passing counterfeit bills, a guy who sold drugs, used drugs, was in piss-poor health, had a heart condition, and died of a heart attack, trauma from his own mind, and the drugs, of course. I believe it was fentanyl or meth found in his system on his autopsy man died of a drug overdose and a heart attack and all the black folks in the United States of America went nuts. They burned police cars and police stations. They broke windows, destroyed buildings. They turned over cars in the middle of the street. And of course they did what they always do. They looted because after all, it's not really a protest unless you go break in and steal some Air Jordans or some Nikes or some hoodies or some car stereos or anything related to, you know, Monday, a lawyer for one of the two brothers who've been detained since June for felonies that they apparently committed during the January 6, 2021 so-called insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. The lawyer said his client's actions were comparable to those who participated in Black Lives Matter protests. Yes, the Black Lives Matter nut jobs were protesting someone who died while in police custody of a heart attack and a drug overdose, and these people being charged in the Capitol riot were simply exercising their right to free expression, freedom of speech, freedom to assemble. They didn't kill anyone, they didn't turn over any police cars, they didn't set anything on fire, no assaults, no batteries, and the Capitol riot case. Unlike the Black Lives Matter protests, which were highly destructive, costing hundreds of millions of dollars, Adam and Brian Scott Jackson faced a slew of charges, including committing an act of physical violence in the Capitol grounds or buildings, disorderly conduct, and a restriction deadly or dangerous weapon. I believe one of them had a picket sign and the other had a camera with long legs. They were charged with civil disorder, resisting, assaulting, or impeding officers, and physical violence. Even though the prosecutors allege that Adam Jackson threw an orange traffic cone at police guarding the entry to the building before charging at them with a riot shield. The lawyer says that somehow the Black Lives Matter protesters were given a pass, and he, the attorney, rightfully doesn't understand the difference bride the attorney said no matter how you feel about january 6th or no matter how anybody feels about george floyd in that situation there is some commonality here i'm referring to the fact that lots of people when it came to the black lives matter protests participated in acts of violence but they were largely given a pass why were they given a pass because society the court system and the media recognizes when those people left their front door They left for political, constitutionally protected reasons. U.S. District Judge Rudy Contremas is overseeing the case, and he didn't seem amused by the attorney's comparison. He said, the one violent Black Lives Matter protester that came to me went to prison, so some arguments are going to resonate more than others. comparison is very, very stark. There is very much similarity between the two. And for these people at the root to say things, like the sentence I'm about to read to you, the paragraph I'm about to read to you, proves that they are black supremacist racists, and that they feel they should get a pass. They say, the people protesting the January 6th Capitol so-called riot used sheer terror quite frankly. They used whiteness to be able to execute in such an abrasive and dangerous stunt. Really? Abrasive and dangerous? A couple of dozen people got into the Capitol building and turned over a couple of table lamps? The article continues, no, the insurrection is nothing like the Black Lives Matter demonstrations. To entertain such an absurdly false equivalence wouldn't just make someone ignorant, but a bona fide racist as well. Sorry, Candace McDuffie, you are wrong. You are a racist. You can't see the obvious similarities. So your blindness, your ignorance, your uneducated stupidity, man, it is what it is. And this is the Trooper's program. Fox Business put out an article saying small businesses will get hammered by audits as the IRS looks to add 87,000 new agents according to Senator Senator Roger Marshall, Republican of Kansas. He appeared on the Fox News Channel's Cavuto Coast-to-Coast Coast program Wednesday to warn of an eerie fate waiting small businesses. The IRS looks to add 87,000 new agents, and they will be armed. And their very first question, I believe, is, would you be willing to use deadly force in the course of your job duties? Marshall says, quote, if we're going to hire 87,000 more federal employees, they need to go to the border border patrol officers, not more IRS agents. I'm very concerned with this labor shortage that we have, taking 87,000 people out of the private workforce and putting them into non-productive government situations as well. He says, look, I ran a small business. I signed a paycheck every other week for 25 years for up to 300 people. Those small businesses are going to get hammered by these audits, and it's gonna cost a small business 10 to $25,000 to defend an audit really, that's just money down the drain. that doesn't really go to grow the economy at all. You're going to come after small business owners as well as those moderate income folks. We're going to bear the brunt of this. What's in is absolutely correct. Get ready, my friends. Let's your way. The Biden IRS Army. This next story made me chuckle only because of the contrast I can make any time Joe Biden opens his mouth, it's a lie, and any time he opens his mouth to speak about numbers, you know it's 100% a lie. Gropey Joe Biden responded to an off-topic question about the FBI from Peter Ducey of Fox News when he was making his announcement about forgiving student loan debt. At an event on Wednesday, Gropey Joe Biden said the federal government would forgive $10,000 in student loans, up to $20,000 if they have held grants. And as Biden finished his remarks about reforming higher education, Peter Ducey shouted a question about the FBI's search of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Ducey asked, how much advance notice did you have of the FBI's plan to search Mar-a-Lago? Biden, obviously pissed off and confused all at the same time, replied, I didn't have any advance notice. None. Zero. Not one single bit. Well. Biden says zero, just like when he said the inflation was zero for July, and it turned out to be 8.5%. Let's take 8.5% and multiply that times an advance notice of a day. I think Mr. Biden knew about it at least eight and a half days ahead of schedule, if his definition of zero has any bearing on his previous definitions of zero. This is the Truth Hurts Program. I don't know how you're going to feel about this next story, but a New York State Senate bill will require speed-limiting technology to be placed in all new cars. There's no debate that vehicles of all kinds are getting larger. You park a new Ford Ranger next to an older F-150 Ford full-size pickup truck, and you'll see that today's mid-size truck is strikingly close in size to the full-size trucks of just three decades ago. With that in mind, for some strange reason, the New York State Senate introduced a bill that they claim will improve safety around massive trucks and massive SUVs. Manhattan State Senator Brad Hoyleman introduced a bill which has language in it requiring the DMV to dictate specific rules for vehicles that weigh over 3,000 pounds. One new regulation would be that the drivers of each cars have direct visibility of pedestrians, cyclists, and other vulnerable road users from the driver position. That's pretty pretty common sense. Why would you drive if you can't see out of your window? Okay, they're idiots. The meat of Holliman's bill centers on advanced safety technology. A summary of the legislation states, quote, studies have shown that intelligent speed assistance, or ISA alone, could reduce fatalities by 20%. This, in addition to advanced emergency braking, emergency lane keeping systems, drowsiness, distraction recognition technology, and rear view cameras could help prevent crashes from occurring in the first place. Now, if you've ever, never heard of ISA or Intelligent Speed Assistance, you're not alone. It's a pretty broad term. It includes speed limit recognition, alerts, speed assist, and you guessed it, automated speed limiting technology. It is found in some vehicles in Europe where automakers like Ford offered it in a few models but their speed limiting allows drivers to set the maximum speed and automatically limit the vehicle to within five miles an hour of the posted speed limit it's optional but most people in europe can turn it off if this is passed in new york the legislation would require automakers to include advanced driver assist system in all new vehicles after 2024. in other words if they can do that they can then put up a speed limit sign Direct your car to never exceed that speed limit and if you're rushing to the hospital with a gunshot wound or a stab wound or a heart attack and you need to speed well you'll probably just die on the way to the hospital they're trying to have big brother interfere and intervene in every single solitary aspect of your life you've been to Houston lately Houston Texas the fourth largest city in the United States Huey German Wilson spent six years trying to get rid of piles of mattress, garbage, tires, and other debris in her Houston neighborhood. She says, it steals our dignity. A 58-year-old black African-American female activist lives in the Houston Trinity Houston Gardens neighborhood. You know, the hood. She said, I have seen the neighborhood dignity slowly fade away with the increase of trash and the lack of city interest in our infrastructure and our housing. Hey, stupid. Do you think it's rich white people coming into your neighborhood at night and dumping tires and mattresses and garbage? You better think again. It is your own 13% double A hyphenated minority members of your community. The dignity Fades when you guys fail to do anything to rein in your own peeps. Ms. German Wilson and others in her neighborhood have sent countless photos of the garbage and debris to the city's 311 system. They're tired of not getting help. So they've now filed a federal complaint accusing the city of prejudice and discrimination about its response to illegal dumping complaints in this majority black neighborhood. Department of Justice is now investigating how city officials respond to these calls and whether the response discriminates against blacks and Latinos around the Houston area. You guessed it, racism has gone to the garbage. U.S. Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark of the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division said, Illegal dump sites not only attract rodents, mosquito, and other vermin that pose health risks, but they also contaminate the surface water and impact proper drainage, making areas more susceptible to flooding. No one in the United States should be exposed to the risk of illness or other serious harm because of ineffective solid waste management or inadequate enforcement programs. Since last month, Houston Mayor of the Democrat Black African-American 13% hyphenated minority, Sylvester Turner, said the city will cooperate with biden justice department but expect the investigation to determine that houston do not discriminate in its responses to neighborhood health and safety issues he says the city have not discriminated against some residents with its response to the illegal dumping complaints in an interview with cnn mayor turner said he was surprised to learn about the doj investigation and that, quote, nobody asked him whether the complaints made by the residential troop. He noted illegal dumping is a systemic problem across Houston. And last year, the city increased fines against illegal dumping to the maximum allowed under state law. And they even hired private contractors to pick up heavy trash. Mayor Turner, typical 13% hyphenated minority Democrat, dodges the bullet, passes the buck, and describes the allegations of discrimination as absurd, baseless, and without merit. Now if you want to say illegal dumping is occurring, we are on the same page. And if you want to say it's occurring more or so in communities of colors, we are on the same page. But don't you dare say, don't dare say this administration is discriminating against communities. Residents and the legal team representing those residents say their neighborhoods have long been neglected, that illegal dumping is only one of its consequences. Garbage has been seen blocking sidewalks, intersections, and even parts of the road at the Trinity Houston Gardens neighborhood. Tires, medical waste, dead animals, and household garbage. For years, dumping has been the top priority for residents of the Trinity Houston Gardens neighborhood, five miles northeast of downtown Houston. Piles of garbage and debris are often spotted in vacant lots and blocking sidewalks and parts of the road. Ms. German Wilson is the president of Super Neighborhood 48, a nonprofit 501 501c3 charity council made of residents and stakeholders in the Trinity Houston Gardens neighborhood. They say residents have volunteered to clean up for three years. She says, quote, it really wasn't as impactful as you might have hoped. Because they could not pick up 200 tires, which is what we found in several locations. And sofas, beds, chairs, and plethora of things that come out of people's houses, out of people's businesses, out of people's garages, and that we find all piled up on the side of the world. We have medical waste in those piles. We have had dead animals up in it. Again, I'll ask you, do you think wealthy white people are going into your neighborhood and dumping garbage? Mm Leyard. She and several other residents have documented the heavy trash that has plagued their neighborhood for years. CNN says in 2016, she and others started driving around the area, taking pictures and sending them to the 311 system their mobile app. And despite six years of efforts, she says the response time to illegal dumping complaints has decreased as much as they hoped for, and people just continue to add to. Several of her neighbors took photos. The attorney representing these residents, Amy Den, said it kind of left us with no choice because if they, city officials, say report this way and the reporting doesn't work or the results or doesn't result in any kind of difference for the community, then the system is broken and we need to address the problem. So they're doing the old lawsuit thing. That's what you do. Sue, sue, sue. My friends, they are littering their own neighborhood. Pissing, whining, moaning, and complaining when the city doesn't jump to clean up the mess that they and their contemporaries have made. My friends, that is all the time I have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day. I will be taking off this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for Volks Jam. V O L K S -S J A M, Volks Jam, Tannehill State Park near Birmingham, Alabama. Hundreds and hundreds of air cooled Volkswagens, Porsches. wagon parade, a great cookout. I believe we've got a couple of hundred pounds of catfish to fry. I've got a giant pot of chicken and sausage gumbo. I'm also french fries and fresh puppies, maybe some curry chicken. It's going to be a good weekend. If I have the opportunity, I'll try and publish an edition or an episode or two this weekend, but don't count on it. Make it a great time, and we'll see you next time. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing. Background music provided by Jason Shaw and Audionautix.